1: Greetings, and welcome to the Voice of the Shepherd. I'm your host, Dina Marie Hale, and along with Archbishop Alexander Sample, we'll be speaking about the gift of sharing our faith and evangelization. And so, Archbishop, as we begin with uh, a topic that can can go so many ways, but really it's sharing the love of our faith in Jesus Christ. Mm. Please open in prayer.
2: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, you so love the world that you gave us your only Son. You gave him over to death so that we might be freed of our sins and have the gift of eternal life. Father, in your Son, you have reconciled the world to yourself. We ask you to be with us always to help us to be able to share that great good news with the world around us that many more will come to know the depths of your mercy and love. And so in a very special way, Father, we ask you to take this radio time into your hands and to lead it and guide it in a way that will further uh, the mission of your Son, Jesus, in the world. All of this we ask through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope, seed of wisdom, and star of the new evangelization. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
1: When you just invoked Our Lady, Star of Evangelization, the icon just came to my mind. And I remember when that was released, I want to say 2000, the year of uh, the Jubilee. But I remember at the Archdiocese of Portland, we have this beautiful icon, the Star of Evangelization. Yeah, this
2: this image of Our Our Lady as the Star of the New Evangelization actually was was, uh, coined, if you will, by Pope St. John Paul II. Actually, he proclaimed Our Lady of Guadalupe... Uh, the patroness of all the Americas, uh, and the star of the new evangelization. Mm. So uh, Our Lady is very much (laughs) tied into telling the good news of her son. Yes.
1: Well... So much over the course of these last few months, particularly, Archbishop, you've mentioned this movement of the Holy Spirit, this this reawakening of Western Oregon with the love of Christ and sharing that love, sharing that spirit with others. Give us a sense, maybe a little backstory of this continual, I think, percolation and now really starting to become more fervent of the The role of evangelization through this office, through this ministry, the Catholic Church in Western Oregon.
2: Well, you know, it it goes back a ways for me. This has really been on my heart. I I, I think probably for all of my priesthood. To be honest, I'll be thirty two years a priest this coming June, and sixteen plus now as a bishop. But I think for almost all of my time as a priest and certainly my time as a bishop, this has weighed heavily on me, that somehow we are not proclaiming the gospel as we should. We are not evangelizing the world as we should. And what do I mean by that? Well, this is going to sound perhaps a little judgmental, but I think in many ways the church, and by that I mean sort of the church universal, the church official throughout the world, not in all places, but, but I, I think in a, in a general sense, it's been sort of off-message, to be honest. We, and by that I mean we, we have not been proclaiming what we are to proclaim to the world. We get caught up in a lot of activity. We get uh, caught up in a lot of programs, and outreach and uh, the like uh, but we've we've to me we've lost the the the, the salt if you will uh, you know that image Jesus uses of you know if, if salt you know loses its taste what good is it you know it is just to be trampled on and I think I I think in some ways the church and, and I know it sounds like who am I to say such a thing and I feel a little bit Hesitant to even say it, but I think we, we've lost a little bit of our salt, the taste, at least, of the salt. We forgot what we're about and and what Jesus founded the church to do. Uh, I think a lot of people, they have different, they have different you know, and, and all of these things are, 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 so so don't get me wrong, all of these things are a part of the life of the church, and they're important parts of the life of the church, so I don't mean to diminish them in any way, but they tend to take on a much greater importance than than they really should compared to what we're really supposed to be about so uh, for a lot of people church and, and the mission of the church is about community you know we just the church is where i find community the church my parish is where i find belonging this is where i find my friends uh this is where i find support uh, this is where i find love uh uh, and uh, we're there for each other, as, as, as people say. We know each other, especially in the smaller parishes. So the, the community life of the parish becomes the, the end-all, if you will. And for many people, it's their social, it's their social circle. It's their social life, uh, anyway. And again, that's all good. We want strong parish communities where people love each other and care about each other and uphold each other. But for many people, that's what it's all about, so if I ask in a, in a certain parish, what, what do you what do you like most about your parish? What's special about your parish? These are the sorts of things I hear. But seldom does anybody ever seldom I'm not sure I've ever heard it, where somebody will just blurt out, "Well, my parish is where I is where I encounter Jesus Christ," or "My parish is where I experience the fruits of Christ's uh, you know, Paschal mystery in on, on my life. That's where I encounter Jesus. That's where I am nourished in 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 word and sacrament." Uh, to grow closer to God and, and hopefully closer to my eternal destiny in heaven. I tend to hear more about the social life of the parish, you know. Or for, for others, uh, the, the mission of the church is, is the social mission of the church, social justice, working and caring for the poor, working for justice for, for, for all peoples and an end to the evils of, of things like racism, and discrimination and attacks on human life and dignity. You know, so it all becomes about sort of a social mission. So the church exists to forward this, this mission of social justice and, and, and the dignity of the human person. Again, very important, very much a part of the life of the church, but it's not the primary mission of the church. Mm-hmm. It's, it's part of it, but it's not the heart of it. So this has been on my heart and mind for a long time. And, and so for me, what we have to do is sort of get back to basics and proclaim the kerygma, the, the, the gospel, uh, the good news. And again, I've, I've, I probably have said this in previous programs. I can't remember. We've done, I don't know how many programs of these I've done, The Voice of the Shepherd. So I, I realize I repeat myself, but... You know, I I always like to say we we need to look at what I call the bookends of the ministry of Jesus. In other words, how does Jesus begin his public ministry and how does he end it? So to me, those are important moments, right? As he begins Mm -hmm. and the last thing he says. So as Jesus begins his public ministry as the Son of God in flesh, what is it? The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the good news. Okay, what's the good news? Well, I've said that and that's become my mantra. I feel a little bit like our good evangelical brothers and sisters, John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him would not die but have eternal life. That's the good news. Jesus came to save us from sin. Jesus came to save us from our misery. Jesus came to heal us. Jesus came to free us from the grip of the ancient enemy and of death itself and open for us the way to eternal life. That is why Jesus came. Yes, he taught many things. Yes, he healed many people. Uh, Yes, he taught many things about care for the poor, etc. But he came to save us from sin and death and open for us the way to eternal life. Man, that's good enough for me. Mm -hmm. That's all I Mm -hmm. need uh, to know of the love and the mercy of God for me. So that's, you know, his first words. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the good news. His last words, before he ascends back to the Father, all authority uh, has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And know that I am with you to the end of the age. That's the great commission, we call it. Mm-hmm. The great commission that Jesus gave to who? To the apostles, to the church. Jesus' final, if you want to call them, marching orders. Yeah. His final marching orders is to go make disciples and baptize them. Mm-hmm. Bring them into this new life that God has won for us in the passion, death, and resurrection of his son, Jesus. And, and I just don't think we're, we've been proclaiming that message as clearly. I think we take it for granted. I, th- I think that's, that's, that's part of it is, oh, yeah, okay, we know the story. No, I don't think we really know the story. Or we don't know it to the depth that we should. And we don't know how important it is, therefore, to share it with others. And, and that's the work of evangelization, is to share Jesus Christ with others, To make him known to others, to let the light of his truth, his mercy, his love shine on as many people as we can reach with the gospel. This is why the church exists, to evangelize the world, to bring others to Christ to bring them into his saving uh, saving act of salvation, to incorporate them into his body, the church, where they can be nourished by word and by the sacraments of the church, to grow in grace every day, to grow in love for God and neighbor, and ultimately uh, grow, if you will, into eternal life with him forever, which is the purpose for which we were made, to live with him forever. Right.
1: Right. And with that great commission, Archbishop, there are many ways in which we can do that. And I know I've heard people say, well, I don't know if I want to knock on doors, but there are many ways we live our lives filled with what we believe. We have to know what we believe. We have to know that Christ loves us and how much he loved us but then we have to be willing to share that. What are some of the ways that the through this archdiocese you're starting to share videos, mm-hmm. you're starting to share communities, teams of people to help build that awareness of the charisma and then that that permission. We got to per- have permission to share yeah. that message right. with
2: the world. Well just to back up just one second you you say that uh yeah, a lot of people, you know, don't they? They equate evangelizing with things like knocking on doors right. or picking up the phone. Yeah, a lot of us maybe would not be comfortable going up and knocking on a door. I did that once, years and years ago, when I was uh, preparing to enter the seminary. I was part of the Legion of Mary, and we used to knock on people's doors. But I, I would say, okay, maybe we're not going to go knock on people's doors. What I would say though, and I've been using this kind of expression, but when a door. Mm -hmm. is opened for us walk through it Mm -hmm. what do i mean by that people open the doors to us to share our faith all the time and we miss those opportunities either we, we we miss them because we don't notice them or we don't think of them as evangelizing opportunities so someone says to you and dina marie you're a very you're a very chipper upbeat happy person at least that's, that's the Dina Marie I always encounter. I'm sure you have your, your moments like we all do. Mm. But, you know, so if somebody were to come up to you and say, man, you just are so joyful and, you know, you just radiate joy and everything, you know, you're, you're kind of amazing. What, what, what should be your response to that? There's an, there a door has been opened right. for you. Oh, praise be God. That's, I'm blessed, you know, I'm blessed, yeah. you know? Yeah. it's because, you know, I'm, I guess I'm this way because I know the love of the Lord in my life. Uh, or somebody says to you, you're different. I know you don't believe everything that, that I believe or what the society tells us today. You know, what, may, what, what makes you different? Or why do you believe differently? There's a door open. Mm-hmm. Walk through it. Share your faith in Jesus, your relationship with the Lord, your Catholic faith. There's all kinds of opportunities like that. You know, so, someone said, just even when somebody says, "You know, uh, how are you today? Oh, I'm blessed by God. Instead of saying, oh, I'm fine, I'm good, say, oh, I'm so blessed by the Lord. So in other words, those are those are opportunities. Mm-hmm. But yes, we are uh, I'm really committed, you know, I guess I just have to put this out there. You know, I've got, as far as I can tell, some 13 and a half years uh, before I have to write that letter uh, to the Holy <laughs> Father, asking for r- a release from the office of Archbishop of Portland and uh, and then you know the way this process usually works it can take up to a year after the the, the letter to, to get your replacement in place so you know maybe maybe 14 14 and a half more years to go if you will i'm committed for these next whatever time god gives me here to this work of evangelization i'm i'm convinced this is what we have to do and so I'm trying to use all the means that I can to try to get this message out, working closely with my priests as best I can, and, and there'll be more of that, much more intentional work uh, between me and the, and the priests and pastors of our church, along with all our wonderful lay leaders, but, you know, is to get this, this, this message out there. And, and so we're doing some things. I, I, I actually, you know, I, I never thought I would say these words, but I have a, a YouTube channel uh, and we're producing a lot of video content, mm-hmm. uh, working with Ryan Lovett and, and Doug Markwell, who are uh, come to us from real life Catholic ministry with uh, Christophanic. So they're they're helping produce some, I think, some really good video content of just proclaiming this this gospel message. And there'll be a lot more coming. We haven't actually formally launched, if you will, the YouTube channel. It's just, it has sort of a soft launch. It's out there. For people to kind of randomly stumble on and discover. Uh, although I'm starting to get some some followers and subscribers to the channel, and once we have enough video content up there to make it worth the launch, uh, we'll do that. There's other there's going to be other some actual national media outlets that are going to pick up uh, this this stuff that we're producing here. But a lot of it is just again proclaiming this good news in Jesus Christ. We've been following. Uh, a presentation, and I've been these these videos haven't been put out there yet, but uh, they've all been recorded, and now they're in the editing process. But to use Father John Ricardo in Acts twenty nine in in his in Father Ricardo's book, rescued, he, he describes the charisma, the good news, the gospel in, in four pieces: uh, created, captured, rescued, and response. We created by God; all is good. But we were captured by our enemy, the ancient enemy. But we've been rescued in Jesus Christ, who has destroyed the enemy. Now, what's our response? So, th- this is the sort of thing we've been doing. You know, St. John Paul II, when he used to talk about the new evangelization, mm-hmm. he talked about it how is it new? He said it would be new in its expression, in its method, and in its zeal. Mm hmm. So we need to find a way. I mean, we, we're, we're not altering the faith of the church. We cannot alter the faith of the church. We don't have the authority to do that. So we present the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the teachings of our church. But we have to find a way to express those teachings in a way that can reach people today. You know, you, you just can't get up there and, and read the catechism of the Catholic Church to them. You have to somehow touch their hearts. You have to, you have to spark in them that, that hunger, or, or awaken in them that hunger, or help them be aware of the hunger that's in them already that, that they may not even be aware of. Or they know there's a hunger there, but they're not sure it's, what is it that, that they're looking for. Well, we have what they're looking for. So we have to find a way to express the faith uh, in such a way that people of our time can hear it, connect with it, where it sparks something in them. So even some of the video stuff, quite honestly, it, it might rankle some people because it's going to be a little provocative. In, in some ways, you know, and I, I, I'd be honest, you'll see, you'll, you'll see some things like, what? Archbishop Sample says God is dead? Or, uh, you know, if you're going to, what's another one that's coming up? Uh, if, if you're going to, if you're not going to believe in God, at least do it for the right reasons. You know, those are very provocative titles. And quite honestly, I've challenged uh, Doug and Ryan, who are coming up with uh, helping express this, this, this teaching, and I, and I challenged them. I said, well, I don't know. I'm a little uncomfortable with that. He says, this is what's going to get people hooked in to read or to listen, to watch. Because the stuff, the content is all perfectly orthodox and 100%, and I'm presenting the, the, the truths of the faith. But those little teasers, if you will, or kind of jarring expressions will get people's attention. So you need to kind of grab people where they're at in order to present the gospel to them in a way that they can understand it. It's new in its method. I mean, I firmly believe if St. Paul had had YouTube, (laughs) St. Paul probably would have had a YouTube channel because it was a way of getting the good news out there. And that's all I want to do. I want to get the good news of Jesus Christ out there to as many people as I can. I'm going to have to, as a bishop, going to have to stand before the Lord someday and uh, uh, answer as, an, as a successor to the apostles, did you do what I asked you to do? Did you do what I commissioned the apostles to do to go and make disciples and baptize them? You know, my mission as a bishop isn't to be a CEO, isn't to be an administrator. Quite honestly, it's to be an evangelist. You know, not Billy Graham. But an evangelist, one who shares the gospel, who preaches the gospel, who who announces the good news as the apostles did that that the, you know and I, I keep going back to that the apostles had nothing they had nothing but the Holy Spirit, their experience of the risen Christ, both of which gave them the conviction that they needed to share Jesus with as many as they could and that's all they had they had no priests. They had no Catholic schools. They had no parishes. They had nothing. Very little money and a few hundred followers. Mm-hmm. And they changed the world. And we need to change the world again. Yeah. We need to proclaim this gospel again to the world. And that's what John Paul was really talking about is it's time for a reproclamation, a new proclamation of the good news, because the people of our time and our, our world need to hear it.
1: Absolutely. I know one of the things that I've heard from community is I'm I'm great at serving in the church. I love to volunteer, be part of a prayer community, all be a sacristan. There's so many things that I love to do and to be part of in my parish, but to evangelize can be an uncomfortable place. <laughs> and so I think what with this effort, this boldness of walking with the Holy Spirit is to equip the people in the pews, yeah. each and every one of us, no matter our age, our vocation, our state in life, that we could be equipped with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that we can share. And I think what is what is your hope, I guess, to help equip your priests, of course, and then all of us, those people in the pew, to be able to do our part to help bring people to Christ? I, I, I
2: think it's it's about building confidence mm-hmm. in, in some ways. We need to be confident you know, I go back to the homily I gave April 2nd nine years ago mm-hmm. uh, when I first arrived here as the new archbishop. I remember in that opening homily at the Child Center on the UP campus talking about our need for confidence. We Catholics have been so beaten down in many ways and cowered uh, we've been scandalized by the scandals of the church and the clergy. We're up against uh, a, a ferocious culture that is so dead set against us in, in what we believe at times, not in everything, but in many things, in the, some very challenging things. I I, I, don't think, I think we're lacking confidence. So my hope is to articulate the gospel in such a way that it gives people, not only does it touch people, I hope I hope that what I'm doing as a bishop and the proclamation of the gospel that I am going to, to be about will, will actually personally touch people's lives and open them to an experience of the Holy Spirit in their own life and, and the grace of the gospel. But I also hope to, through this, be able to show others messages, ways of expressing things. So in other words, to teach all of us how we can express this to others in a way, I you know I listen to Catholic radio a lot, and I listen to uh, uh, you know Catholic Answers Live a lot because I'm learning stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm a bishop, I'm an archbishop <laughs> for 16 years, but I'm learning things all the time, and I'll listen to stuff and I'll, I'll, I'll have some speaker on Catholic radio and say, oh, that's a great way to say that, mm-hmm. that's a great way to explain that. Oh, I never thought of saying it that way. Mm-hmm. And so I pick up these things. So that's also what I hope to do through these efforts at evangelization here is to give all of us language, ways to talk about the faith in Western Oregon that will actually be able to connect with, with people here because people are desperate. Uh, they really are, and they, they may not even know it. They think they're happy. They think they're fulfilled. But in their moments of honesty, in the, in the, in the silent of the night, they know there's something missing. They know there's something more. And, and we have that more mm-hmm. that people are looking for. And we just need to be confident. I want to build this this confidence that we have nothing, far from having anything to be ashamed of, we have the greatest message the world has ever heard. We have our story. And we need to know our story. We need to be able to express our story and we need to be able to share it with others in love, and patience, and kindness and gentleness. Not, uh, you know, beating people up with the gospel, but really uh, witnessing to it with with a confidence that comes from knowing Jesus Christ and the love of the Father and and the and the power and the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives.
1: Right, and I just think as we come to a close. When you you've just recently launched the Archbishop's appeal, and this is going to continue to support these types of efforts to grow, um, to grow in more love with
2: Jesus. That's right, you know, and, and I don't mean to this be a, this is not meant to be a plug for the appeal, but it, let me make a plug for the appeal. Yeah. You know, there's some things that the church does in Western Oregon that are beyond the capabilities of any one parish. I don't expect any one parish to foot the bill for our seminary information, or I don't expect one parish to foot the bill for the care for our senior priests. I don't expect uh, you know one parish to, to bear the cost of the production of all of this evangelizing material. But together mm-hmm. we do this because we're one church in Western Oregon, where it's not just me and my parish. It's me, my parish, my neighboring parishes, my vicariate, my bishop. We're all in this together proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ and, and witnessing to the light of the gospel in, in the midst of so much of the darkness of our time. The world's waiting for it yeah. and we have to be ready for it. I'm ready for it. I have never been this pumped up, fired up, hopeful in, in my entire uh, time as a bishop as I am right now. And I think God is doing miracles in Western Oregon right now.
1: And let's take advantage of it. Amen. Would you help us close this time with your blessing?
2: And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families and loved ones, and of our common effort to spread the good news and be with you this day and forever. Amen.
1: Amen. And thank you all for joining us on this edition of The Voice of the Shepherd. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. And until our next encounter, may you have a blessed week.
0: You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app.